Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Tuesday, February 20th. Let's jump into today's top stories. Incoming Arizona AD Desiree Reed Francois today explained her decision to depart Colombia for Tucson was an opportunity to come home, adding, I got a little bit emotional at the podium because this is a heart move. This is a move that I know what the University of Arizona can be. I know there are challenges. My skill set meets what I believe the University of Arizona needs at this time, this very important time. Reed Francois, who earned her law degree at Arizona, also commented on the Wildcats' financial situation, saying, I haven't met very many athletic departments that say, hey, we've got so much money we don't know what to do with it. This is not a problem that's incredibly unique, but what we have to do is just be very diligent in our approach and very thoughtful. Let's listen and let's learn and let's analyze, put together the best plan and move forward. The Athletics' Andrew Marchand, Nicole Auerbach, Stuart Mandel and Chris Vanini report the terms agreement negotiated between ESPN and the firm CAA Evolution, which represents the college football playoff, has been in place for months, but CFP leaders still need to vote on the deal for it to take effect. Those leaders' inability to reach consensus on topics they were hoping to settle before signing has been described by some executives involved as a mess. As such, ESPN executives are growing impatient and, as Puck business writer John Aran first mentioned, will consider pulling the offer if the CFP fails to get its act together soon. While ESPN has yet to set a deadline, one source says the company isn't going to wait forever. With that as the backdrop, Marchand, at all note those attending this week's CFP board of managers meetings, are preparing for a battle that could become cutthroat and contentious. As one attendee notes, the corporate, bottom-line world does not have the same expectations of collegiality from colleagues as higher education. Also from Marchand, et al., some commissioners in the room acknowledge that the mighty Big Ten and SEC have the leverage to chart a course forward, but have yet to throw it around. Those commissioners also say they don't know what, exactly, the Big Ten and SEC want out of the remaining debates. The hope is more clarity at the meetings Tuesday and Wednesday. As Washington State and Oregon State continue to shop football games to networks for next season, JohnCanzano.com's namesake notes the negotiations have intensified in recent weeks. WSU President Kirk Schultz tells him that we're in conversations with several potential partners and have to ensure we are weighing program exposure with money for specific games. Kickoff times also will play a role as we make a decision moving forward. An OSU source adds, we're advancing the ball down the field and have received strong interest from multiple groups. Former Fox Sports president Bob Thompson believes the schools should prioritize exposure over revenue, noting there is extra interest in what happens to the program's next season. One pack, two head coach in a non-revenue sport tells Canzano, we've got to do everything we can to seize that platform. Canzano goes on to point out that it's possible the schools could sell a couple of their football games to a carrier that would give them some wide exposure. Selling the games a la carte is a strong possibility given that 13 games between two Pacific Northwest schools may be too much for a single entity to digest. Colleges might be wise to skip ahead and declare student-athletes as employees, according to Sportico's Michael McCann, who acknowledges the idea may sound absurd. Colleges are contractually bound by NCAA and conference rules forbidding members from pay-for-play. State NIL laws also present a hurdle. They prohibit payments to college athletes in exchange for playing a sport. But, considering the alternatives, as well as the NCAA's recent track record in the courtroom, McCann suggests skipping ahead could be a viable strategy for a university president to say, enough is enough. McCann notes, some would praise this president for taking a forward-looking and labor-friendly approach. 
The president would also garner tremendous media attention and perhaps boost their school's admissions and alumni fundraising efforts. Polling data suggests most of the public would be supportive, a joint survey by Sportico and the Harris Poll last year found 79% of Democrats and 59% of Republicans supported direct compensation of athletes by their colleges. At the very least, history would remember this president. On the other hand, the NCA and the college's conference could suspend or expel the school, declare all the teams and players ineligible and even sue the school for breach of contract. But, McKinn wonders whether the NCA is up for another legal battle and posits that a case built around punishing a college for providing minimum wage to young people also doesn't sound like a public relations winner. Opendoors has launched the Opendoors Payments feature that will allow partner universities to manage NIL contracts, send NIL deals by scheduling recurring payouts, track completed activities and offer consolidated reporting to the NCAA once rules allow, according to On3's Eric Prisbell. Opendoors CEO Blake Lawrence said, Charlie Baker's proposal has had an impact on accelerating allowing institutions to start to think about how they will participate more in NIL. There's also been a movement of schools who are starting to always think about how they can be more involved with NIL. And so giving the school themselves the same tools that are used by brands and collectives and their athletes already used to receive payments is just natural. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Tuesday, February 20th. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.